When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is for those of you out there who sometimes feel really overwhelmed. Maybe your life feels like a runaway train and you just want to get off. Or maybe your life is full of really good things that you genuinely love, but you know you need to slow things down and you're not sure what to cut out. I'm going to be sharing a lot about my current situation today, but it's my hope that within my stories and examples, you will hear truths that apply to your current situations, whatever they may be. You may not have a podcast or health problems like I do, but I feel like the principles I share here are universally applicable to anyone who finds themselves feeling like they're in a bit over their heads. I will share three takeaways for you towards the end of the episode, but I hope that you're listening for them throughout and that this episode gives you a sense of permission to do whatever it takes to calm the crazy in your own world. This is episode 76. You have permission to pause. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. I want to start off this week's episode by sharing a moment from my life from about six weeks ago. I woke up early for some reason, before the rest of the house, it was still dark out, everything was quiet, and as I lay in my bed, I could feel my heart pounding so hard. It was uncomfortable, and as I sat and thought about why it was pounding so hard, which we will get to in a second, I just had a realization, and I knew that something in my life had to change. It came to me so clearly, I thought... This is my life. No one is going to fix this for me. I am the one who has to change this. This is a thought I've probably had a lot over the last few years as a fleeting thought that's come and gone, but I've ignored it. But that morning, I couldn't ignore it anymore. I knew my body was telling me something, and I knew that I had to make some big changes. In order to understand that moment, I need to rewind the clock a little bit and tell you a little bit more about my health the last few years. So I have mentioned on the show here and there kind of cryptically that I have some chronic health problems, but it is not something that I like to talk about. It feels personal. It feels like it's almost my fault. And so I just keep pushing on. I do what I need to do, and I just don't bring it up very often. But I I want to share a little bit about it today and how it's going to impact 3 and 30 from here on out. So about, oh gosh, almost three years ago, it'll be three years in the fall, I was diagnosed with a condition that's called idiopathic intracranial hypertension. It's super rare. If any of you listening have it, please reach out to me because I would love some support as I figure this thing out. But basically what it is, is it's you have increased pressure in your skull. You have 
increased amount of cerebral spinal fluid and you don't have hypertension throughout your whole body. You only have it in your skull, which is so weird. But the signs of it are um, migraines, pain behind your eyes, like in your eye sockets, and um, like weird vision changes. And if it goes untreated, you can go blind. And so when this was discovered several years ago, they put me on a medication that decreased the pressure in my skull, but it caused me to be severely depressed. Um, the most depressed I've ever been. I've struggled with bouts of depression here and there throughout my life and anxiety, but this this was severe and it was it was not something that I was willing to mess around with. So my doctor switched me to another medication so that my vision wasn't at risk, but it gave me kidney stones. And some of you may know that about me, that I have become a chronic kidney stone former. In the last year and a half, just over, I have had five kidney stone surgeries. And nobody even really knew about the fifth surgery because I didn't tell anyone. I didn't post it on my social media. I didn't even really tell my family. I'm just so sick of having kidney stones and going through these surgeries and having these problems that I'm just not wanting or willing to talk about it anymore. And I just want to take care of it myself and with the help of Ryan and a few close friends and not inconvenience anybody else. And so I had my fifth surgery that I didn't tell anyone about. Um, let's see, I think it was at the beginning of February. And I'm pretty sure that it was shortly after that that I had the moment where I woke up and felt my heart pounding, and knew that something had to change. The reason that my heart pounds like that is also because of the medication that I take. It's a diuretic, and so it like flushes out a lot of important vitamins and minerals. And so I've, I've been to a cardiologist. My heart is fine, but it just pounds like that. And I take supplements, and I'm being closely monitored. But I do feel like it's my body's way of telling me that something's not right. And it's good that I have those physical reminders of the fact that I'm sick because I don't want to be sick. And I would so much rather just press through and keep up with my busy life and ignore and be in denial about the fact that I have this condition. So I'm getting off of that medicine that causes the kidney stones. But what that means is that I need to try some pretty dramatic lifestyle shifts and changes in order to see what I can do to manage this condition. It may be that if I make these lifestyle changes, nothing nothing happens. It may be that that pressure remains elevated and we have to figure out a different medication for me to take. But I at least have to try. And that's that was that realization that I had that morning. Now, I want to say right here that the reason why I'm sharing all of this with you is because I do think that it applies to your lives, and we'll get to that in a second, but also because I care about you, and I know that many of you care about me, and that means so much to me, and I just want to be open about this part of my journey. What I would love from all of you, if you're hearing this and you care, is for you to simply send support, prayers, good vibes um, what does not help me, particularly because of my history with eating disorders, if you listen to my episode a few weeks ago, is for people to send me um, like dramatic 
health plans or detoxes or different things like that, it's triggering for me because of my eating disorder history. I'm being monitored by doctors. I have a husband who's very into health and alternative medicine, and he and I have watched lots of different documentaries about different things that I am going to try. Um, but I just I can't have I can't be bombarded by tons of different ideas of how to fix this. I know that people only send me those things out of love, um, but please don't. <laughs> And just instead send your prayers and your good vibes. I appreciate that so, so much. Okay, so what does all of this have to do with you? What does it have to do with 3 and 30? I think you guys know by now that 3 and 30 is like the passion of my life. <laughs> that and being a mother, I really feel like I'm living my life's work. And what a privilege is that. Uh, the podcast has been such a joy but it's also something that I get consumed by, and uh, it takes a lot of time and energy. So I've realized that if I'm going to prioritize things like rest, getting enough sleep, preparing nourishing foods, walking and exercising every day, then I need to cut back on the amount of time that I'm spending on the podcast. And that's not easy for me because honestly, the podcast is what I would rather be doing. I prefer that to self-care. Working on the podcast is self-care to me. I love it that much. But I also know that my body needs me to take care and focus on it for a little while. So I am going to be cutting back on some things with 3 and 30, and I'm not going to get into all of the details and specifics of that because I don't think that you'll really notice much of a shift. It's things internally that I think I've been spending too much time on. Um, but here's an example of one thing that has been weighing on me having to do with the podcast. And I do promise eventually I'm going to get to three takeaways in this episode. It's coming. But something that's been weighing on me with the podcast is the number of people that I have in on the waiting list who want to come on the show. Now, what a good problem to have, right? I have so many dozens and dozens of people who are outstanding that would love to come on the show. And I always ask for a proposal with their three takeaways. And the truth is, all of them, all of the proposals that I get are so good because people wouldn't reach out to me and they wouldn't take the time to write up their takeaways if they weren't super smart and wise mothers with so much to share. And so I want to say yes to all of them. And in the past, I have said yes to all of them. So anytime anybody sent in a great proposal, I would say yes. I'd say I, it probably won't be for a few months, but um, yes, we'll get you on. And I was saying that so much that I have a queue of like 40 episodes of people that I've said yes to. And guess what? I don't have room for that many episodes. I only air one episode per week. Ugh, I wish that I could produce more and air more than one a week, but I just can't with my limitations. So that was weighing heavily on me in the month of February. I would look at my binder full of proposals that I'd said yes to, and I would feel like panic. And I would stare at the calendar, and I would try to write in all of the different the names of the different people and i was trying to schedule in a bonus episode each week as well if if topics went together i'm like okay i could do a bonus here how could i 
I wanted to be able to fit all of these people in as quickly as possible so that they weren't waiting forever because some people have been waiting for like a year and I feel really bad about that. So I had been up late the night before doing that when I woke up early with my heart pounding and I'd spent hours the night before laying out like a five month plan with everybody penciled in for their episode. And when I woke up that morning and I, I thought about it, I just thought, I am not going to be able to maintain that pace and get well. Sure, I could push through for a few more months for these five months and try to get all of these episodes recorded. But if I keep pushing through and ignoring and pretending that I don't have health problems and that my body doesn't need me to take care of it, what if I literally don't get better? I can't take care of my family and I can't produce three and 30. And so I realized in that moment that one of the things, and this isn't the only thing, but one of the things that I was going to have to do is I was going to have to say no to some of those people. And that is hard for me because I'd already said yes, but I was going to have to go back to those people and say, I'm so sorry, but I can't have you on the show anymore. And oh man, saying that to somebody kills me. It kills me. But I realized that it was going to need to be done. I realized that I'd gotten in over my head. So as I was talking to Ryan about all of this that night and telling him about my moment with the heart pounding and saying, I'm going to make some dramatic changes. I'm going to, and he's heard all this before. Um, He said, you know, Rachel, I know you say this, but it's not like you're going to stop doing your podcast. And when he said that, I looked deep into myself and I responded and said, I could, I could stop doing my podcast. And that was a liberating moment for me. Now, don't worry. I'm not going to stop doing my podcast. I want to do the podcast. I love doing the podcast. But realizing that I could, that this is up to me. This is my choice. This is my life. And if this were damaging enough to my mental health, my physical health, my family's needs, I could stop today. And so I said to him, I could And he looked at me and said, yeah, right. Like you've put so much into this. You love this. You and I said, but but seriously, Ryan, if I needed to, I could stop doing the podcast. Like I'm I'm not I need to stop being a victim of the busyness of my life. And instead, I need to take ownership and say that there is almost nothing in my life that I couldn't stop doing if I wanted to. In fact, the only thing in my life that I really couldn't stop doing is being a mother Um, because that is a role I took on. Like, it's not just something I do. It's a role I took on when I had these babies. And so, I mean, I suppose some people choose to walk away from that role, but that obviously is not something that most of us would do. But other than that, that is the only thing in my life that I couldn't stop doing if I really needed to. So that was liberating to say that and to realize that. But like I said, I knew that I didn't really want to stop. So, but giving myself that permission, um, it started to work in me and it helped me to realize that there could be a happy medium. There could be an in-between. And what came into my mind and what I said to Ryan that night is I said, well, you know, I don't want to stop doing my podcast, but you know what I could do? I could take the month of April off. 
And just saying that, I, I like, I, it felt like, what? No, you can't take the month of April off. You just remember you have like 40 people in the queue. You, ha- you spent all this time, like, you know, outlining how you were going to have multiple people per week to try to get through these. And you can't stop in the month of April. And then I pushed back on that and I said, yes, I can. <laughs> and so that's what I'm doing. I emailed the people who were lined up for the month of April. I told them what was happening. I told them my health is really suffering. I'm realizing that I need to make a change. I'm going to have to push you your episode back. And I'm so sorry because I know that some of you have been waiting for a year to record. Um, But it's going to have to be sometime in the summer. And you know what? Every single person that I emailed responded with so much compassion, telling me you're doing the right thing. Um, you need to be well. What matters the most is your health and wellness. Otherwise, 3 and 30 doesn't even exist. Take your time and let us know when we can work with you in the future. And as I kept getting those responses, it, it built up my confidence. I also had to email a few people and tell them, like I'd said er- I said earlier, that I could no longer have them on 3 and 30. And of course, I I communicated to them how sorry I was, how much I loved their work, but just explained the situation. And that was met with so much grace. People were so kind about that. I really believe that most of the people in our life, like they genuinely want the best for us. If we can just speak up about what the best for us is. So with those responses, I made the decision that I will be taking the next four weeks off from airing new episodes of 3 and 30. I couldn't take all of April off because I'm teaching a workshop this Saturday and I have a ton of prep to do for that. It's not going to be a restful week. So I decided that after my workshop was over, I would take four Mondays where I would air Encore episodes. They're all going to be episodes that really mean something to me, matter to me, that I aired over a year ago. So they'll probably be new to a lot of you. And even to those of you that it's a review, I'm going to choose episodes that really go along with this personal exploration I'm doing right now of, you know, sort of reclaiming my life in case others of you out there are inspired to do the same. And I'm not going to have to do anything with them. My assistant and her husband are going to get them prepped and up on the site. And it's going to be a genuine, true break for me, which I desperately need. And I'm very, very excited about it. Okay, here's the thing. I could have just done this without telling you all the background. I could have just aired four encore episodes and you guys probably wouldn't have thought anything of it or you would have thought, oh, she needed a little break. So uh, it feels a little self-indulgent and maybe like overly dramatic to do this whole episode about it. But I decided that I actually do want you to know the process that I'm going through because I want to give you permission to do it yourself in your own life anytime that you feel like you need to pause. You're allowed to pause. You are allowed to stop. You are allowed to rest. And you don't need to have a health condition or a busy podcast or any other, you know, quote, excuse in order to do that. You're allowed to do that. You have permission anytime that you feel like your life has gotten to a point that it's a little bit out of control and you just want to reclaim it. So if you find yourself in a spot where you feel like you just can't keep going at this pace, I have three takeaways for you. 
of how you can take a break. And these are the three steps that I took in order to plan for and schedule my own month-long break. So the first is I really suggest that you choose a finite length of time that you're going to take a mega break from as many responsibilities in your life as you possibly can. So choose, like, I'm going to do it for two weeks. I'm going to do it for a month. I'm going to do it for three months, whatever it is. I feel like when you choose a finite length of time, it feels more doable. Because for a lot of us, I think we often think like, oh, I need to scale back. I need to slow down. Like eventually we feel like it's not really fair to cut back on obligations in our life. And so we just never do. When we make it more finite and we say for two weeks or for a month, I'm going to do that. I think we feel like we have more permission to do that instead of saying, I'm going to shift my entire life forever. Just saying, I'm going to do something drastic for a little while, it somehow feels more doable and more permissible, if that makes sense. It also makes it so that you can give yourself permission to do some things in order to get rest that you may not be able to maintain for the rest of the year. For example, you may know that you can't afford to have a house cleaner all year round. Maybe that's really just genuinely not in your family's budget. Could you do it for one month? Could you give yourself this mega break from your life and say, one of the things that I'm going to do during that time is I'm going to hire a housekeeper to come once or twice. It's not forever, but it's going to help. Or, you know, I really need a break and some time to recoup from my children. And motherhood is such a demanding, never-ending thing. It almost feels like it's not even possible to take a break from motherhood. But you can build in this type of a break, even from motherhood, by saying, for one month, for two weeks or whatever, I'm going to pay and hire a nanny or a girl to come after school Or I'm going to be really honest with my friends and tell them what a hard, low place I'm in and ask if they can take my kids after school. Again, it's not going to be every day forever. It's just going to be this finite length of time. And that makes it feel doable and exciting. It feels like a true reset. Instead of kind of trying to take breaks here and there, to do it all at once in a chunk feels like a true reset. So choose a finite length of time and give yourself permission to do whatever it takes to get a mega break. So that leads to the second takeaway, which is to look at your calendar, your to-do list, and be ruthless about what you are going to cut out during this time when you are taking a break. I mean, really ruthless. Remember what I said earlier about how the only role in my life that I actually can't stop doing is being a mother? Look at all of the things on your list of responsibilities and ask yourself, what actually must be done by me? Is there anything on this list that I can delegate, that I can put off for one month? Is there anything that I can pause for just a little while? Or is there anything that I can get help with? And I really, really want to encourage you to be ruthless about what you cut even like responsibilities at church. And we can feel guilty about that one and think, oh, I can't stop doing my responsibility at church. You know what? You can. What it's going to require is being brave enough to tell people that you need the time. And that is part of this takeaway as well. 
you can't just decide that you're going to stop doing things. You also need to bring the people who will be affected by it into the loop. So like I did, like I got brave and I emailed those people and told them what was going on. Obviously, you don't have to give them all the nitty gritty details. It's not like I went into my diagnosis and all of these and my kidney stones. And all I said is I'm going through some health problems right now. And I realize that I desperately need to cut back and I'm taking one month off. You could say something similar. You could say, I've been feeling incredibly overwhelmed by my life. And so for the month of April, May, June, whatever, I'm not going to be able to teach my church class. Now, this may mean that you need to make some arrangements before your break. It's not like you can just up and say, I'm dropping all the balls in my life and people need to just deal with it. Um, especially if it's a premeditated break. If it's if it's a breakdown that you have that be, that's like an emergency, then yeah, you just drop all the balls and people deal with it. But if this is a premeditated break, then you may just need to ask some people to sub for you in your church class um, to take over for you at that PTA meeting or carnival or whatever it is that you're helping with. You may need to bring your supervisor at work into the loop and tell them what's going on and say, but so-and-so has agreed to attend that meeting for me. Now, I know some of you are thinking, Rachel, you don't understand my job. The responsibilities of my job are not that easy to just delegate. And you're right. I don't. I don't understand your job. But I do think that what you can do in a situation like that is commit to yourself that for that month, you will not do anything extra. In fact, you will try to simplify your life as much as you possibly can. Um, If that means using paper plates for dinner every day for two weeks so you don't have to do dishes, so be it. Again, I wouldn't advise that for the rest of your life, especially because that would be very bad for the environment. But if it needs to happen for two weeks, if you can't cut something out altogether What can you do to make it as simple and non-stressful and non-extra effort as possible for that finite length of time that you identified? Here are some simple scripts you can use to talk to the people in your life about it. I've been feeling incredibly overwhelmed by my life recently, so I'm going through some health problems right now, and so I've decided I'm not doing well emotionally. I know that's hard to admit out loud to people, but it's okay. You can say, I'm not doing well emotionally, and so I've decided this. Or my family has some increased needs happening right now, and so I have to cut back in these areas for one month. Use the scripts. Be brave. You can do it. Okay, and then the third and possibly most important takeaway is that you need to decide ahead of time how you'll use your break to get ahead of your life, to make changes that will help you to re-enter your life after the break is over in a much better place. So you don't just end up spending this break scrolling social media and watching TV, although you're definitely welcome to do a little bit of that, especially at the beginning when you just need a giant breather. But after that, What are you going to do to address some of the problems that kind of created this overwhelm in the first place? So for me, I've realized that if I'm going to continue to produce 3 and 30 and be healthy and be a really present good mom, I need to learn how to manage my time better. I'm quite frankly, pretty terrible at this. And so during my break, I'm going to be completing a productivity course that I bought over a year ago. It's an online course, but I just haven't made the time to sit down and do it. So during my break, that's one of the things that I'm going to do. And it's a goal of mine to learn how to manage my time better 
so that when I enter back in, I'm not so overwhelmed. I'm also going to spend some time making routine charts um, for the kids, but also for myself because routines don't come naturally to me at all. And I just want to have some flow and some rhythm in our house so that when I jump back into producing the podcast, we're going to have some systems in our home that will make things run more smoothly than they have been the last 18 months. Um, And of course, going back to my health problems, I'm going to use the time to rest, prep nourishing meals, exercise every day. I have a goal in the month of April to go for a walk every single day, even if it's just for five minutes. And I welcome any of you to join me in that, um, to just get some daily move time, especially outdoors. And I'm also going to spend time just in my bed reading. That's okay too. So what could you proactively do during your break to make life more manageable after your break? And sometimes giving yourself permission to just truly unwind and not do anything productive for those two weeks or whatever is going to be exactly what you need. I do want to emphasize that at the end of your pause, your mega break, you don't want to just jump right back in full throttle into life as it was. Hopefully you'll have a better idea of what can be trimmed down forever from your schedule and you can make changes accordingly. But that's going to have to be the topic of an episode after my break when I have more insight on how to do that. For now, I just want to give you permission to take the pause if you need one. Here are my three takeaways for how to do that. Here's the recap. First, choose a finite length of time that you are going to take a giant pause. Second, look at your calendar, your to-do list, and be ruthless about what you're going to cut out and delegate uh, during this time. And third, decide ahead of time how you're going to use your break to get ahead on your life, to make changes that will help you to re-enter your life in a much better place after your break is over. If you want to hear more about my experience as I'm taking this month off, I am going to continue sending a weekly email, and I'm going to dedicate a little bit of time in each of those weekly newsletters to dive into what I'm doing and what I'm learning during this period of rest in my life. So make sure you get signed up there if you want kind of the insider scoop on how it's going. That's at 3in30podcast.com forward slash takeaways. That's where you can get signed up for that. And can I ask a favor of all of you that would help me so much during my month of rest? Could you please write a review for the podcast if you haven't already? I don't ask for these very often because I don't want to take up any airtime during my short 30-minute episodes soliciting for these. Uh, But they really do mean so much to me. I read every single one. They lift my spirits. They remind me that the work is worth it. And they also really matter as far as podcasts getting discovered in podcast directories and sponsors deciding whether or not they want to partner with the show. If they can see the impact that a show is having on real mothers' lives, they're much more likely to want to get involved. So if you haven't done that yet, could you please hop on the podcast app? It's purple on your iPhone and leave a review. Um, And you can also do it on Facebook or other places. I would truly, truly appreciate that. And I know that reading your words is going to lift me up and remind me that this is all worth it during my few weeks off. So you can expect a new episode 
uh, to be aired the day after Mother's Day. So think of that as like a little Mother's Day gift is we'll be back into the regular groove of new episodes on 3 and 30. And in the meantime, I hope that you'll continue to tune in for the Encore episodes that we're going to have. They will be some of the best and my most favorite episodes that I've aired in the past 18 months. So I hope that you will come back and listen to those. I truly appreciate you being here with me. And I just really want to adamantly assure you and myself that we can fashion beautiful lives for ourselves that match our values, that fit with the pace of life that we desire, and that don't leave us feeling overwhelmed and like we're stuck on a runaway train all the time. It's possible. I have to believe that as I'm going to pursue that myself. And I hope that some of you will join me and know that you always have permission to pause. Hey, I'm Lizzie Mathis, the host of the Cool Mom Code podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. I'm excited to give you a behind the scenes, real talk combo between some of the most influential and tastemaker mamas I know. Subscribe and stay tuned for new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't ever miss a beat. See you there.